The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself The Wire, Wire. a The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and And talk talk about about it. it. Mm -hmm. Thank you once again for tuning in to the world's only The Wire podcast, Uh, The Wire, a show about phone sex. That's what I got this (laughs) this week. Um, make sure to, uh, give us five stars interview on all the, all the Apple podcast stores that exist, like the Spotify one or overcast. If they have stars, I don't know, pocket casts. Um, all right. Today, Vince and I are going to be talking about from season one of the wire episode nine game day. And our guest this week 
fantastic guest. He is a comedy writer. He's the host of the podcast Football Friends Who Are Gambling, and you know him probably from one of his many great tweets, which is how I know him, because I read a lot of tweets. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, our guest today is Cullen Crawford. Hello, I'm excited to talk about basketball and dollhouse furniture. Yeah. My two favorite things. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. This is, uh, yeah, this if is. I have uh, two uh, things I love in this world. It's <laughs> sports and making tiny furniture for dolls. You know, it does look like a good way to make money being that like Lester Freeman is like literally a cop and they have like unions mm -hmm. and I assume great benefits and money. And if he is deciding I'm also going to have the side gig, it says to me that we should all be making dollhouse miniatures. Yeah, Absolutely. Can... I think another cop at one point is like, he makes tons of money on the dollhouse right. yeah. furniture. Yeah. I mean, he could like be a double union guy. I'm sure there's like a miniature carpenters union for Holy uh, shit. just uh, tiny furniture. He might have to get uh, Lena Dunham's permission to be in the tiny furniture. <laughs> <laughs> union but yeah i like the idea of like a hard-boiled furniture union man <laughs> like, when they tried to uh strike bust us i used to break scabs ankles mm -hmm. with miniature baseball bats. yeah i love the idea of like a little tiny mini guild where they all meet up inside the dollhouse you better not even look at a louis the 14th style dresser <laughs> if i see a goddamn armoire just a little mini Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> and then like a mini mafia that like kills him and puts him in cement. Yeah. That'd be in sick. A tiny, tiny coffin. Yeah. Um, so Colin, uh, you, do you like The Wire? I love The Wire. Uh, I mean, I, everyone loves The Wire and I also love The Wire. Yeah, it's a good show. Uh, but do you have like a favorite character? Is there someone you, you particularly love? Um. I was wondering, I was thinking about this, and this episode made me realize, like, this is Prop Joe's first episode. Yes, that's right. And I fucking love Prop Joe. Mm -hmm. yes. I, like, I think he is, I mean, we can get into it later if you want, but, like, I think he is the perfect mix. Like, he's got the perfect philosophy for this world, which is, like, yeah, right between Stringer and, uh, and Avon. Avon. Like, yeah. he's, like... He's a little bit like, it's just a business. Why can't we just sell? And also like, well, if you fuck with me, I have to have you killed. Yeah. And he like balances it well. Yeah. He's like, he, he's amazing in that. Like he is this like badass gangster. Like, you know, that just because, well, he runs the entire East side, you know, drug game. So he's got to be badass. But the only times you ever really see him on the show is he's like wearing a full suit to try to look mm -hmm. like Pat Riley. <laughs> Uh, during a, a basketball game as a coach, or you see him like repairing clocks and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like he's got, yeah, he knows it. how to do shit. He's the yeah. Lester Freeman of the drug world. That's true. Y yes, that is true. That, and it makes him like badass in multiple ways, but also he has a catchphrase. Yeah. I mean, like also, it's very, very super villain, which also I love. Not, we can't overlook the fact that he's one of the few people on the show with a uh, genuine Baltimore accent. Yes. Mm. Yes. That's right. This which is all, like which the comes beginning. through so much more now when I watch it than on my first two watches. Yeah. Also, to my memory, like he juggles all the shows like certified badass psychopaths better mm -hmm. than anyone. Else. He's like dealing yeah. with Omar and Brother Muzone. Mm -hmm. uh, his and... his weird nephew Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he really. Uh, he, Marlo. He's, yeah. He saves himself multiple times in the show. Like he is able to. Um, 
he's able to stay on top even with all the like Michigas going on with the West Side like drug game. Like he's just kind of I'm just gonna be you know in my place repairing my clocks. Like good yeah. for him. Yeah. Up until the end of the show, a show about the East Side would have been boring because he's just running it. Well. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's running it efficiently and well, and everyone seems to be happy. <laughs> so, uh, R.I.P. Robert Chu. Uh, he died mm-hmm. in 2013. He apparently worked with children's theater companies and oh. was an acting <laughs> oh, yeah. coach for several of the young actors That's uh, right. joining the show, uh, cl- including Snoop. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That rules. Yeah. Yeah. It, RIP to a real one. And uh, also kind of cool that uh, even his last name has a Baltimore accent in yeah. it, you know, yeah. like Chew. there's no way. Chew. Chew. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah, he's a cool guy. I love it. Um, <laughs> Is there uh why why do you like the wire, Colin? Oh boy. Well, you know, it really uh this is, I feel like the thing I always heard before I avoided it for years because mm. like, you gotta watch the wire, gotta watch the wire. Yeah. And you know, I am You're like, I'm a rebel. I'm not gonna watch the wire. <laughs> Fuck ye. And like, I don't know, it's like all these white middle class people telling me to watch totally. how realistic it was, and I was like, Well, I don't need you know what you what Yeah, you know yeah. Yeah. And then I watched it and it I mean, I don't know if it's realistic or not, but it's like a fucking novel. It's like a Dickens novel or whatever, even though they make fun of that idea later. It like it's it's a slow burn. It's not like I don't know. I just really liked how slow and what good it was. Yeah. Well, what did you watch like while everyone was telling you to watch The Wire? What did you watch instead? Just like comedy. just The Simpsons over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> The Simpsons is kind of like The Wire in like various ways, actually. Well, this is not a show about The Simpsons. No, <laughs> this is a show about The Wire. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. Down in the hole. Pod. Down in the hole. <laughs> Pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else today, once again, we're talking about from season one of The Wire, episode nine, Game Day, which premiered on August 4th, 2002. I have a question. Yes. What? How did you decide which one syllable word to replace with pod in way down in the hole? (laughs) You know, listen, I've thought about this a lot because, you know, I... uh, at one point, I was like, well, what's the name of the podcast going to be? And the first one was Pod Down in a Hole. And then I was like, mm-hmm. no, Way Down in a Pod. And then I was like, no, When You Pod Through the Garden. No, <laughs> When You Walk Through the Pod Den. No. <laughs> and then I eventually settled on circle. Pod Yourself the Wire, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> because that is from... A Sopranos theme song, but um, yeah, you know, you just kind of, you you know, you can't really force art, Colin. Mm-hmm. Art has to come naturally through trial and error. And I think we can all agree that song is art. Isn't that right? Isn't that right, Vince? So much art. It arts really hard. Art is hard. Uh-huh. Um, so, so what? Uh, what? What's the synopsis? Can you break us off a little piece of that, Vince? Mm-hmm. The West Baltimore and East Baltimore projects clear out to have their yearly basketball game, aka the worst day of the year for Baltimore fiends. Truly is. That is got to be the hardest day of the year. That's like a annual nine eleven where everyone <laughs> who sells you drugs 
leaves and they all just watch basketball. That's got to suck. Um, Maybe it's uh, the, the the addicts all go eat Chinese food and go to the movie theater because it's so... Not, not oh, shit. It's like the Jews on Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. They're like, no, no, we don't really believe in basketball. <laughs> um, so while everyone else is doing that, uh, the movie theaters are empty. Uh, and then they just nod out in the theater. Um so what was happening at the time that this episode came out, Vince? Yeah, that's right, Matt. You know, in order to evaluate art, we first need to have uh, some context about uh, when it was released and, and, and how it was released. And for that context, we go to a little, 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 excuse me, I had a stroke. And he's oh dead. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we go to a little something we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars <laughs> continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day. Machine tells the tale, son. Mm. That's the right. news hole. Yeah, yeah, tight little news hole. <laughs> Shrink my news hole. Um, yeah, yeah. Shrink so my news hole. you know, usually I go with a few important ones, and then uh, and then a little fun one at the end. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna lead with the fun one this time Ooh. because. I feel like not only is it kind of fun, isn't it? It's also a, it's a fun time capsule, but mm -hmm. it's weirdly prophetic. So just bear with me here. Okay, uh, okay. This is from the New York Post. Former village bouncer may become next superhero. <laughs> what? Uh, Bruce Willis has hung up his guns. Sly Stallone has gone too many rounds. Arnold Schwarzenegger won't be back as the Terminator. And Harrison Ford, who turned 60 in July, has only so much diving, leaping, punching, and shooting left in him. All these guys still making it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Bruce Willis only quit because he got dementia. Yeah. Like, this is, this is so fucked up. Which leaves the door open for the next action hero. Who will it be? Would you believe a former bouncer from the West Village? Vin Diesel, who brings a Gen X... <laughs> <laughs> who brings a Gen X sense of rebellion to Triple X is as likely as any candidate. What? A likely candidate as any. I hate brands. <laughs> That's the thing about me, Triple X. I fucking hate brands and I'll never sell out. That's 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 his catchphrase, right? Diesel may get criticized for an unpolished performance in the new big budget action flick, but he exudes the calm confidence required of any butt kicking He-Man. Hmm. Um, Man, yep. can't even say he gave a good performance in this review right. about how he's about to yeah. be a movie star. In this thing about how he's going to be the next big thing, <laughs> they're still like, well, he did. I mean, it was a dog shit acting part, but I mean, yeah. he, he might not good. be any good, but he doesn't seem scared. <laughs> <laughs> he's really not afraid to be as shitty as he is, which is admirable, some would say. Um, in all likelihood, we'll be seeing his high-flying stunts as government agent Xander Cage for years to come. Besides, what's the competition? Ben Affleck, who underwhelmed critics in this year's The Sum of All Fears, doesn't seem to have the charisma or sheer on-screen forcefulness to carry the mantle. Yeah, yeah, Ben Affleck is over for sure. I think <laughs> yeah. he's right about that. Will Smith, who got an Oscar nomination for last year's Ali, has a new hit with Men in Black 2, but he's indicated he wants to take on more serious roles. And you know what? He has, essentially. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, he had that one where he played the dad. There's a few more in here, but... Uh, here, here's where it gets prophetic. Diesel's strongest competitor is probably The Rock, the ex-wrestler whose breakout film, The Scorpion oh King, did nearly $100 million <laughs> at the box office this summer. The two are quite similar in style and appearance. Dark, muscle-bound, and athletic. 
Whoa, this okay. is getting uh, problematic. They, they each wear their hair short, short or shorn, and both have had big screen personas. Both have big screen personas that audiences seem to love. It's yeah. not uh, bald, beefy mulattoes <laughs> are vying for the number one action hero spot. I love the post because they don't like. <laughs> they don't hide their racism all that much. They just kind of go for it, and uh, you got to respect like a true racist. Go on. Uh, it's not surprising, then, that they hang out together. A photographer caught the duo at an NBA playoff game this summer in L.A. So how long before they duke it out on screen? Oh boy. Well, how long before they duke it out off screen is the <laughs> yeah. real question. Hey, he got this a is maybe of- the article, too, because it said this started the whole thing because it said that they have the same physique. And like Vin is like, yep, I'm the same as The Rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to have the same punches as him. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing that people know about me is I'm very charismatic uh, I'm very good at doing jokes. And I'm almost seven feet tall. Like I'm almost seven feet tall. And I could probably pass as Samoan. <laughs> is he Samoan? He's, no, he's like Filipino, right? Vin I forget Diesel? what. I think no, 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 the rock. Oh, the rock Diesel is. Comes from. The rock yeah, Diesel. is Samoan. Yes. <laughs> no, the etymology. The etymology of Diesel. <laughs> he's part truck. Um, <laughs> Stupid. Uh, all right. Other stories truck. <laughs> going, going more serious. President Bush signed a major corporate fraud bill on Tuesday, <clears throat> just three weeks after the White House had opposed central provisions of the legislation. Mm. Uh, but the business scandals have shaken the administration and the president has recently cast himself as the protector of the worker and small investor. Absolutely. No more easy money Famously. for corporate criminals. Just hard time. Mr. Bush vowed as he signed yes. the measure in a White House ceremony. Yes. <laughs> Thank God that happened. Remember when we used to have corporate Yeah, Yeah, dude. And then George W. Bush came along and famously advocated for the working man. (laughs) Yeah. So good thing Uh. that's not a thing. There won't be any other... Any mm-hmm. other financial scandals Corporate or problems? Corporate malfeasance is over, yeah, just like Ben this? Affleck's career. Yeah, this... Oh, sorry. Did I not say the date? We're going all the way back to August 4th, 2002. 2002. Yeah. 2002. Yeah. Yeah. You know... Nothing really going on news-wise at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, other news. Here's a, here's a good time capsule for you. <laughs> America <laughs> Online plans to introduce the 8.0 version of its software. Uh, good. Here, here are some of the features it hopes will stem defections by its members. Uh, one, automatic <laughs> redial. If a wow. user is disconnected, the software will redial AOL without the user losing his or her place. Oh, that's sick. Good. Uh, Do they have a thing where you can tell if someone's lying in a chat room about being a girl? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll find out. Match (laughs) chat. Users indicate their interests in advance. Golf, Madonna, whatever. When a dozen people come online with the same interests, they will be invited to an impromptu chat room. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) Fun. Yeah, you guys like Madonna, right? Why don't you hope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madonna, whatever. You guys all like golf and Madonna? Talk together. (laughs) Unfortunately, we can only, we've only figured out golf and Madonna so far. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two categories we know. Uh, Choice of welcome screens. The opening screen of AOL is seen 70 million times a day. Now users may pick from six versions with varying emphases, stock quotes for investors and executives, music news for teenagers. (laughs) The only people who like me. 
Yes, yes. Uh, Uh, Online caller ID. For an extra fee, a dial-up user can be alerted if someone is calling, giving the user the option to disconnect and take the call or to send the call to voicemail. Next year, AOL will introduce a message service that sends voicemail to the computer and email to a phone line. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. I love it. it. It seems like they're really on the cutting edge of technology here. Yeah, yeah. The iPhone is two years away, a year away. It's pretty, it's it was, like... What was the iPhone? No, I guess it's like four years, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, they, they've got a little while before they uh, completely crash and burn. Although, is AOL Time Warner still a thing? Does that exist? Yeah I, think so. yeah, I believe so. So AOL is still up in the name, huh? Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. You got to really, you know, you got to get, you got to hand it to them. It's Prodigy like, uh, Comcast. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> quite a coup to get that in there. Yeah, they just stuck around. No one uses it, but they're around. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, this is something that's come up on the show itself. Uh, turnover hinders recasting of FBI. Uh, a steady stream mm. of departures from the highest ranks of the FBI since September 11th has put newcomers in almost every top job. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the losses, including the announced departures of four senior executives in the last month, come as director Robert S. Mueller is aggressively trying oh to reorganize. It's Mueller time, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Mueller time has become. Yes. Lock him up. (laughs) Aggressively trying to reorganize the sprawling organization, which is trying to recover from spying and management scandals uh, and accusations that it missed clues in the September 11th attacks. Basically, they're they're trying to turn their focus to counterterrorism, and people are like, hey, what the fuck? What about the other stuff? Everyone's leaving. I'm out of here. And Mueller is like, trust me. This is we're gonna we're gonna do it good this time. Yes, yeah. you know no more if we play of this, this right, Pro. I could get my own forgotten <laughs> Showtime series one day. Yeah, Jeff Daniels could play me. <laughs> well, wait, no, that was that was that's, Comey. That was the Comey rule. But what's the yeah. difference, really? Yeah, honestly, I don't know the difference. I don't either. Well, we'll yeah. need it. We'll have to appoint a special master to figure that one out. Yes, <laughs> yes. Mueller maybe, has to cast himself. Maybe the congressional parliamentarian. Or other things that were just yeah the things I've had to learn what they yeah. are yeah. other <laughs> other fun things that we're supposed to know. Ugh, you know, being an informed electorate is not all it's cracked up to be. Nope. But luckily, uh, we have the wire. Thank yes. God for the wire. So that's what was going on. The FBI was switching to counterterrorism. Vin Diesel was gonna be the number one action star, and kind of became that. Um, and, uh, the middle story, I forgot. Um, oh, right. It was something communications. Yeah. Telecoms and, and George W. Bush figuring out, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, being an advocate for the working man. So that's what was happening. Okay. And, um, so to get into this episode first, um, gonna do a little bit of the Balta Balmer B stories which uh, is my uh, musical version of the synopsis. Um, Sorry, Colin. (laughs) Uh, This is based on the song uh, The Game by Queen. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Avon makes a bet with his rival, Prop Joe. 
Avon wags his finger like Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> Daniel's nice try. Avon's hard to get. Lester Freeman follows the money and not the drugs. Play the game. Everybody play the game of <laughs> drugs. And, uh, um, you know, if I can have uh, just this part. Everyone wants to suck my dick. Sucky, fucky, sucky, fuck my dick. I so want I'd, to long inside some I have to play something for you guys. I promise the listeners. Come, 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 come. Eat my butt, eat my butt, eat my butt, eat my butt. I did it right before, literally right before the episode started. Uh, listen, I got a baby coming, and I just keep <laughs> having to go to the fucking OB. And obstetrician appointments take a while. So, anyways, um, the pull quote for this episode is, maybe we won, Herc. And my pull quote is, you gonna look like a glazed donut, poop. <laughs> um, so yeah, getting into this episode, um, just real, real quick. Um, I would say that this is kind of an episode, it's called Game Day, and this is an, a, an episode where everyone's running game. I feel like everyone is kind of in their like peak game zone. I mean, you you know, you have Avon and Prop Joe having a literal intramural projects basketball game, and both are running game on each other uh, with using ringers in order to uh, to try to win. Uh, Freeman is uh, he's running game by you know doing what he does best, which is following the money and assets, as well as running game on Chardine in that I think he's trying to smash. Um, Bubbles runs magnificent game with this caper with a fishing mm. hook, yep. uh, and only to find that he himself got played. Then you have Carvin Herc deciding not to run game and accidentally playing themselves. Omar's game is ruined by cheese fries. Wallace <laughs> runs game on D. D uh, gives him some money and he uses it to buy drugs. And finally, Poot's phone sex game is unparalleled. <laughs> so... Those are the things that happen. Um, general thoughts. What do we think of this episode, Vince? Yeah, you know, I thought uh, I thought this was a real lunch pail episode of The Wire. You know, like sure. Sometimes it's, it's not about you know flashy scenes or transcendent acting. Sometimes it's it's just about grit, just showing up to your TV mm. show, doing your job over and over again. And that's that's <laughs> this episode. I felt like this was. This was like a real did the job. This is a real coach's son like of a television episode. You a know? bit of a filler episode in that the main like plot driving thing of the show is like we're gonna take a day off and not do that <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah. yeah, true. That is true. Yeah. What did you think? Like the um, uh, to me, the episode stood out as. Uh, not iconic, but like it stood out to me because of the 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 basketball game. It was like one of those is uh, an episode which I've been kind of waiting to get to, and I did find that um, my memory kind of in my memory there was more basketball game that happened mm. than actually yeah. did happen in this episode. There's most of the episode is actually spent um, with Freeman explaining how to follow assets and money. Which yeah. I thought which I was couldn't like, follow oh, yeah. at all. By the way, I was oh like, my oh, God, you yeah. <laughs> this is like when someone reads like the 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 instructions of a board game, and it just completely washes over your brain. Like you, it's stressful. I'm like, you're 
you're talking to cops and no <laughs> one's like, hey, you have to say that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about uh, Prez Belusky's face in that scene when he's like, when Freeman is trying to explain what both he, uh, what Sidner and Prez Belusky are going to do, you feel like music just kind of playing in his head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're going to keep your head in this here assessment book. Look up any properties that you can connect to Boxdale. How do you know it connects to Boxdale, right? For one thing, you work off of what Prez gets you from the corporate charter documents. Whatever companies Stop he links to Barksdale business. or people connected to Barksdale, you look for those companies Stop in the city the land. Like McNulty said that you heard that <laughs> Barksdale And then he says yeah. it's like, it's like a scavenger hunt, which is like at that point Freeman should have just went, okay, he's not. Yeah, he's not. It's like a massive. Right, let me try this again. It's like a massive decision tree where like he's trying to explain it simply, but every single step of it requires like a further digression. It's like he's yes. trying to explain like an NFL. Uh, an NFL fucking option play to uh, like yeah. a pop Warner quarterback where it's like, so okay, the safety's cheat up. Yeah. And that means- <laughs> yeah. If the safeties are deep, what you want to do is look to the receiver and it's like, then I throw it to him. No. Cause see, then you have to decide if he does, if he goes, if he sees his man go left, he's going to break yeah. it off to the, and you're like, what the fuck? I'm completely Oh man. Lost. It's like a Rubik's cube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I love that with Brez Belusky, we now have like, a little bit more insight we keep getting these little nuggets like when he figured out how to break the phone code he mentions that um he likes puzzles because he he does a lot of word search puzzles oh my god which are not (laughs) not a thing you get outside of a children's menu at a tony romas um and uh and then now you know he's like oh it's like a scavenger hunt oh it's like easter egg yeah oh just like (laughs) capture the flag yeah He's like, capture a flag. Oh, it's Red Rover, Red Rover. Let Avon come over. <laughs> Just like peak stupid idiot. I'm Here's on the use. wire because I play a lot of number munchers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I can, I can find all these apartments because I played a lot of butts up when I was in junior high. Yeah. He's oh. the wildest character. Like, yes. He also shot his own car and his fire. Like, he does not have that personality type, really. Yeah, it's great yeah. that they go this whole show without ever really explaining to you why he shot his own car. <laughs> yeah. But you can kind of assume. I feel like what... Like, like, he left it in drive or something, and then it rolled away, and then he had to shoot it to pretend that <laughs> yeah. someone stole it or something. Yeah, he tried what? to stop it by yes. shooting. He had to. he had to shoot his car in order to get out of some mistake. <laughs> yeah. Like, he fucked up. He got he he left it. Got he left DUI. it in drive and it was about to run him over and he had to like shoot the block the, the, the <laughs> engine block. like the show changes its mind about him. like he is like at first he's the hothead and then right. he's like yeah whatever it's he's dumb and then he's like a puzzle master and then he's a <laughs> teacher like it's like all over the place. no i think yeah. i get it like i think it, i think it there is some unity to it i think they're trying to say that he was just this uh this like sort of nerdy guy whose father-in-law is like a police uh mm-hmm. police yeah. captain so he like he tried to become a gun guy and he tried to become a car guy <laughs> and he tried to become like a tough policeman who beats the shit out of anyone who, at, who looks at him sideways but he's just yes. he's inherently kind of a pussy so he's not any of those things so mm-hmm. of course he becomes like the worst kind of bully because he is like he's like yeah. 
a guy who's homophobic but also gay uh where he's like, right you know he's trying to he's trying to show off to he's overcompensating, he's overcompensating clearly yes and and i that's probably true of the majority of cops you know like that represents a lot of policemen who are like in the job because they are overcompensating i mean if you watch like being when afraid like Philando. Philando Castile got shot like that guy was having a fucking panic freak out like it wasn't yeah. like it was just he just had a fucking like I don't know he was my, just freakishly he was like paralyzed by being scared of whatever he thought was going to happen there right my, yeah and you watch a lot of these like cop uh murder videos where they're just like killing unarmed people and you see you hear the panic attack they are having in being put in a situation which I would say is like um a situation they shouldn't necessarily be in in the first place but also just like a situation where you'd feel like i don't know isn't this it's a stop isn't this normal why are you scared right now yeah and if you're scared maybe this shouldn't be the job for you but that's exactly why they take the job yeah that my favorite that reminds me of my favorite cop moment in this episode is Mm -hmm. when Hurricane Carver watching the basketball game yeah. and Carver, the Carver's like, who's, who's like the favorite. And they're like, the East side's won the last two years. And he goes, my boys. And it's like, <laughs> these are the guys that you beat the shit out of yeah. constantly. And you're like, when you're just like, Oh yeah, these are my guys. No, I love yeah. that. Cause like the, uh, Hurricane Carve and Bodie and, uh, Poot are sort of like the the uh, wily e. coyote and sheepdog of the <laughs> wire, where it's like you see them pass each other in the hall, and they're like, "Morning, Sam. Morning, Bill." Yeah, uh, and then they have to hit the time <laughs> clock, and then suddenly they have to like womp, go after womp each, each other. other a few times. But and just they, like having pride in this community you don't live in, and just actively <laughs> that, terrorize. Yeah, you actively <laughs> victimize on a regular basis, and just being like, you know, that's where I come from. It's like <laughs> that's worse, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come and from I don't here. know that I don't know what the show thinks about that moment, but to me that is like a perfect top satire. I, uh-huh. I've decided not to parse what the show thinks about anything, only what feels right, you know? Because <laughs> every time someone tries to parse it, uh, then David Simon will go on a rant on Twitter and yeah. and uh I'll be like, Well, I don't know what he thinks about stuff, but I'll tell you what I think about it. <laughs> um by the way, David Simon, if you're listening, please come on the show. Come on the show. Come on. Um yeah, lunch pail episode. Uh, I thought very good. Um, I think. I mean, enjo- this is enjoyable. This is sort of like uh, the the wires version of the Sopranos Columbus Day episode. It's kind of like mm, it's a yeah. one off. It's kind of a bridge to somewhere else, um, mm-hmm. but it kind of stands alone. It, you know, it yeah. Has, it's it's, and it's about some like cultural signifiers for these people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, so we'll start with uh, the. Freeman asset chase uh, just to just to get out of the way uh, this segment um, of the episode this arc is called Freeman chases ass slash assets mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so we start uh, like we played before with him explaining exactly how they're going to go about um, getting you know all of the Barksdale's like physical assets how they're going to trace it back to him getting all the names of the lawyers and whatnot and and then also trying to see where this corporate money goes um, after you know um, after it's sent out, uh, and finding out that oh it's going to people like uh, Senator Clay Davis and whatnot. You follow drugs, you get drug addicts and drug dealers, but you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the fuck it's going to take you. We're running around on this 
What are you gonna do? You need something? Yeah, let me get the uh, uh, campaign financial reports for Western districts and actually any citywide race. You want quarterly reports or individual donor lists? Oh, please. It'll be a couple hundred pages. Really? I'll take all of it. Um, which uh, for me, as I was watching that Freeman scene, I was thinking to myself, like, kind of like, fuck, yeah, this is what real police work looks like. Um, and then kind of realizing, well, no, it's kind of what we wish it looked like. <laughs> but it's this is actually just what journalism looks like. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. realizing that it was a little bit, I don't know, um, uh, projection maybe on David Simon's yeah. part, uh, and maybe definitely feels uh, like the guys who did the uh, uh, what do you call it? Not the pen. What was the other one? The Panama the papers. Panama Papers. Yeah, it looks like what they're doing. It's like I don't like yeah. the cops, cops were cops doing are this. Doing, yeah. Right. It's it's exactly right. It's what they wish cops were doing. And I know that like Ed Burns and David Simon apparently fought a lot in the writers' room. They they got in screaming matches. And I <clears throat> I'm trying to imagine if one of the things that they got mad about was like Ed Burns being like, no, cops are not this smart. They wouldn't do this. <laughs> and then David Simon being like, but they should, and it's cool. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so. It's actually, it's protection on both both sides of this story of protection because mm -hmm. they're also like, I bet Chardine, the exotic dancer, would leave the young, handsome drug dealer for <laughs> yeah. a bookish 60-year-old. <laughs> yeah, who makes dollhouse furniture. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, I, to me, it does make sense that like the stripper would leave for like the older man in the sweater vest who like has a lucrative side stuff. gig making it doll is, furniture. He is literally wearing like the superhero outfit of a Captain's Save-A-Ho. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, yeah. that is what he just needs a big S on his chest <laughs> with the sweater vest. Um, but yeah, uh, so Freeman is like, he's going to the board of elections. He's getting all the campaign finance reports, all this good shit. Um, and then we get into um, them trying to flip Chardine. So Fre Freeman and Kima basically jack her up the way they would jack anyone up, except they don't have a charge or nothing. They just go up to her and go, hey, we're the police. You got to go downtown. And Chardine being a citizen is like, okay. Um, and so... Chardine immediately, like where we see the scene where Chardine is looking at the dollhouse miniatures <laughs> and is kind of horny for them. <laughs> the toy furniture is great. Dollhouse miniatures. My sister had a dollhouse when we were young, but nothing as nice as these, can I? Sure. Do you have a house for them? No, I just make them and sell them. That seems kind of sad. Should have a house for which i kind of love in a way because there is something about chardine that is um i don't know where i i, I think it's like they wrote a character who would like that you know what i mean because i feel like most of the strippers at orlando's would be like why am i here Mm -hmm. And why do I have to sit here and watch you make dollhouse furniture? <laughs> and instead, they were like, "Nah, let's make her, let's make her Loki fall in love with." Her. Maybe <laughs> Lester and her have a, like a giganticism fetish, where mm. like he wants her to be a giant who smashes him and all her furniture. And everything. Yeah. yeah, I want you to call me a little boy, <laughs> please. It's what I like. Um. <laughs> So uh, in order to flip Chardine, they decide 
that they are going to um, not just show the pictures of her dead stripper friend, Keisha, but Kima's like, nah, I want to do better than that. And they take her to the coroner's to show uh, dead Keisha in a gurney. And um, too far, I think. <laughs> don't think pretty rough. Don't think they needed all that. And they like really go in deep. And I have a, a clip of them uh, talking to her about Keisha. Found nude Monday morning in a dumpster off Reisterstown Road and above Northern. Toxicology is positive for heroin and cocaine. In a dumpster? Rolled up in a rug. She overdosed and whoever was with her didn't do shit but roll her up and throw her away. Because that's how they do. Positive for semen and vaginal, anal, and oral cavities. <laughs> all right. Three different blood types, all secretors. The fuck then threw away. I mean, at this point, I'm like, the coroner com coming back and like, oh, I have some more information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a, hold on. Uh, also, there was cum everywhere. <laughs> like, um, he was just itching to say it. He was itching to say it, right? Positive for semen, vaginal, semen, anal, semen, anal, 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 semen, cocaine. They're like, Dave, not now. We, we've already yeah, got yeah, her we got her. We got her, Dave. I have we this got brain her. scan that shows she was very sad when she died. <laughs> <laughs> she was thinking about sad things. It's so, it's like so over the top. They do not need to keep this going. It's like, all right, well, like, I have... Uh, I, I have a copy of her diary in which uh, she <laughs> says all of the things that uh, make her cry. Also, it works in the show, but it's maybe not the best strategy to be like, human life is nothing to these people. They will kill you for yeah. nothing. You're going to go undercover with a microphone. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel safe? <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. We'll protect you. Sure. You make dollhouse furniture. She, was, uh, <laughs> yeah. she tested positive for dookie under her fingernails. Uh, I'm not... <laughs> What is secretors? What does it's, that mean? Um, it's like it, certain people get slough DNA in a way that other people don't, and they're called secretors. I forget the exact science behind it. It might have been discredited by now, but uh, mm. yeah. Secretor oh, okay. status refers to the presence or absence of water-soluble ABO blood group antigens in a person's bodily fluid. So this guy's just showing off. Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, now he's just, yeah, he's saying extra shit. People like, who she doesn't know what... Yeah. Secretor sounds bad. I'm going to toss it in there. Um, so, yeah, so Chardine is seeing the body and distraught. And uh, at that point, she is mad at D. Because D uh, D'Angelo, her her boyfriend, had basically said, "No, nah, we t we took her to the hospital and tried to save her." Um, and it's clear that he's lying. And when Freeman is talking to Chardine about um, dating D'Angelo, like um, Chardine says something along the lines of, "Like, uh, you know, oh, do you know him?" And Freeman goes, "I feel like I do now." D'Angelo, you know him. At this point, it feels like I do. We sort of moved in together. He seemed like he was different. Which is like throwing shade at D in a way that it's like, yeah, I think I know who your boyfriend is. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Have you ever thought about dating someone a little bit older? Someone <laughs> yeah. like dollhouse furniture or something. <laughs> and um, and then they had this great scene between um. Between Chardine and See, I thought he was D. saying that more like you would say about like a sitcom cast where it's like, we've invited them into our living rooms for the past for the past it seven could, years. It could be that. It could be that. I thought about that as well. But then I realized, no, it, it rings more true that he's throwing extra shade at D. Mm -hmm. to be like, like, this is who he really is. This is who he really is, Chardine. And sure. you need to leave him. Well, you yeah, know, of course. Have you ever thought about dating a good guy? I like to think of Lester <laughs> as sort of low-key incel vibes because yeah. he does make... 
you know, dollhouse miniatures and he's a cop <laughs> and he's like good at puzzles. <laughs> so like part of me thinks he's just like, you know, all these girls, they just want a bad boy, but I'm a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good. I, I'm going to show her dead friend to her and, and have a guy talk about cum. I don't know that he's on the hunt yet. I think at this point, he's I like, he if something comes with this, that's great, but I'm not going to force the issue. Yet. I I get the feeling that he's like, uh, was immediately enamored by her and was like, damn, mm. she's beautiful. Um, but uh, that's just me. Um, but then Chardine breaks up with D in a fantastic scene between the both of them, um, in which D is trying to guess what she's mad about, which is, <laughs> I think, this very relatable, almost like sitcom-esque moment <laughs> yeah. that gets dark real soon. W women, am I right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what do you want to hear? I mean, you know, it's always something wrong. I uh, promise you're hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do I look like to you? What do I look like to you? You look like a, a girl, a woman, a beautiful woman. You're fine. What? <laughs> I don't look like trash to you. Baby, this ain't about what you do. I don't look like something you could roll up in a rug and throw in the trash. Shanine. <laughs> Shanine. Totally got his ass. You got to hand it to her. Mm got his at i mean like you couldn't have scripted a better i mean it is scripted but you know what i mean like perfect yeah. that's how you do that um which is like you know obviously he runs with these people and they did that but he wasn't like he just sort of had to do that right like they sort yeah. of told him like get yeah. rid of his body like you you get the feeling that like i don't know with d in that moment especially there's just no way to explain like listen i know it's bad and uh i don't know if you've noticed but i've been really sad and traumatized for the last few weeks <laughs> yeah. it's because of that just if that makes it any better but he knows he can't really there's nothing you can say to um hey uh you rolled up my friend <laughs> in a rug and threw her in the trash it's like yeah i know it sounds bad it was the best option we had at the time <laughs> yeah but we had a rug and uh <laughs> i was high <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's that storyline. Um, real quick, let's also get into the Bubbles storyline. He has a small arc here. Uh, this segment is called Bubbles, Bubbles, Toil, and Trouble. <laughs> so Bubbles and Johnny are uh, they're in the pit. They're waiting for their yellow top testers, and um, and we get to see Waylon again. Love to see Waylon. Yeah, Waylon, yeah, we met. Steve Earle, baby. Yeah, we met a couple episodes back, played by the wonderful Steve Earle, um, who really just like, I mean, perfect casting. He shines as as this character. Um, if you've ever been to any 12-step programs, especially um, Narcotics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, like old timers, all look like Waylon. <laughs> they are all like ex-junkie biker dudes who like you know when they talk you're like oh they seem so nice i can't imagine them being like you know uh someone who stabbed someone one time <laughs> um but they all have and there's a certain breed of like sober guy that like it feels like they've hit this like american guru status yes where, like they're always kind of southern and like 
Yeah. They'd be like, you could like, you know, spit on them. They're like, thank you, brother. For like, <laughs> you're like, nothing phases them. Yes, yes. They've literally seen everything. And because of that, like, yeah, they're not really phased by anything. And uh, it makes them, yeah, kind of, uh, there's something pseudo-spiritual about it where you're just like, I don't understand you. You're so Zen, but you look hostile. <laughs> like, these are two warring personalities. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so Waylon is there and Bubbles and Johnny both think that he's there, uh, to cop. Um, and they're like, see fucking, you know, NA is bullshit. Um, and then <laughs> there's this moment where Bodie is, he's being mobbed by all of the, uh, fiends who want, uh, their, their free testers. And he just throws them all on the grass like it's fucking bird feed. <laughs> and they all, all the fiends just like peck away. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is one of the darkest moments in the show that's not played for anything. It's not played for laughs. It's not played to be dark. It's just, it just is. Yeah. And it's one of the things about The Wire that I love is like, uh, they don't do music. You know what I mean? They don't do like, there's not a background music. There's not a there's no yeah. cues about how you should feel yeah. about this. So you can kind of interpret it any way you wanted. I thought it was very funny, but that's because <laughs> I know what it feels <laughs> like to desperately search the ground for drugs that have been dropped. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I feel a little bit for, like, I know it's supposed to make Bodhi seem heartless, but like, He's trying to give them free drugs. Yes. He's just like, like I, agree. I don't know what to do. You guys are mobbing me. I completely agree. There is part of me that was just like, Bodhi had no other choice here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this guy, he's he's giving you free vials. Like, what do you want? <laughs> um, you know, meanwhile, I would definitely be the person, like the fiend in the back, who's like, well, um, if I act good enough and he notices, maybe he'll give me more <laughs> <Yeah>. free vials. <laughs> like, that's who I would be. Um, pet. Yes, undealer's pet, exactly. Here's an apple. Um, <laughs> so then uh, Bubbles, um, he he ends up getting a bunch of testers, um, and uh, he runs up to Waylon to be like, hey, you know, you want some some extras? And he it, Waylon admits that he's actually not there to cop. He's there to get his nephew off of the corner. I'm trying to get my little nephew off the corner. His mama sent him up to Cumberland, you know. Try to keep him clean at my grandma's. He ain't anywhere near his bottom. Got to see that bottom coming up at him. Hard, too, because he's young, 24. Most people don't get tired till they're 35, 40. How old are you? Young and hot. And it's another, you know, seed planted in bubbles in which it's like, uh, hey, you know, some people actually can make this work. And Waylon says this thing where he's like, his nephew is not near his bottom yet. And that usually fiends get tired around 35 or 40. And he asks, how old are you? And he I goes, thought that was a great fucking line. Like, yeah. Like he says young at heart. <laughs> and then I started thinking about it. And I was like, wait, how old is Bubbles supposed to be? Like, do you have any idea? Approaching 40, I would think. I think yeah. he's in his mid to late 40s, but mm. that might just be the drugs are aging. Very yeah, badly. it's hard to tell. I know that the actor was probably much younger than we think, mm. but I don't I don't know how old he's supposed to be in that show. Because, yeah, like uh, to look at him originally, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy's like approaching 50. But now that I think about it, I'm like, no, he might be 28. 
<laughs> it's absolutely possible that he is 28 years old and just, uh, you know, a life of drugs. <laughs> in season four, he's in school with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm 16. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, hey, Brent. Hey, you, you said uh, approaching 50. We're also approaching 50 minutes, so it's time to take a break for some ads. Oh, Ooh. it is time to do our ad break. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have ads, and we have mouths to feed. So please enjoy these words from our sponsors. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. <laughs> All right. Hope you enjoyed those ads, whatever they were. Raytheon. Um, <laughs> so, hey, um, America Online. America Online 8.0. Now we have <laughs> it's redial. Finally ready. <laughs> it's finally ready to go. <laughs> um, so uh, after meeting Waylon, um, Bubbles is uh, doing his caper. And of all the capers we've seen so far, this is my absolute favorite one. He is, it's like it's the, the most, most cartoony. Yeah, it's the most, I was going to say he's like the Wile E. Coyote Omar or like, 
Yes. It's like if Omar was a Looney Tunes. I guess I'm relating <laughs> everything to Looney Tunes in this episode. No, but, but Looney Tunes, is, I think, is is correct. That yeah. it is very Looney Tunes. I mean, he is on the roof of uh, the towers or uh, wherever. He's on some roof. And um, he has a fishing line and a fishing hook um, that he Amazing uses. choice for this guy to, like, be practicing his shitty rapping while this is happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As I wake up in the morning and get out of my bed, I'm thinking about the people I grew up with. Long dead, the brothers I grew up with. Locked up, freestyling off the top of my head. You know it's swell. Patty LaBelle, I like her, but Regina Bell is better. Yeah, this guy's practicing his raps and... Um, and yeah, uh, uh, Bubbles is able to uh, get his stash, which is just a, a tiny doing, bag. Doing like the most wild. slapsticky, like comical version of a stunt that is legitimately courting death. Yes. And later, Johnny is like, Did you fish your wish, Bubs? Which implies like this is a thing that they do all right. the time. <laughs> like, this is a very common con in the drug trade. Yeah, I like the idea that it's like, Oh no, yeah, we all do this. It's, <laughs> it's why. Every time you go into a 7-Eleven in the projects in West Baltimore, they have like a fishing line and hooks just in case you need it for whatever reason. It's kind of like those uh, glass roses that they would sell that it's like, this is for crack pipes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bubbles, uh, yeah, they play it in this way where it's like, oh, this is a hilarious way to steal drugs. He's able to get it, but then um, he gets caught uh, at the last possible moment and he has to run and hide and you get to see... Uh, the drug dealers just taking baseball bats to random fiends <laughs> and you realize, oh, fuck, yeah, he could have died here. This seems bad. Um, and I think the guilt, too, of like, I got someone else beat up over this. Yeah. Which is why yeah. I think it hurts it's lo- so much worse when it's fake later. Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like there's nothing worse than that moment when he gets back um, to Johnny and he's like trying to explain to him like, I almost died over this, <laughs> yeah. but uh, hey, it worked. So yeah. fuck yeah, let's I mean, I do had... our drugs. I nearly got killed behind this cape, you know. All in the game, bub. Yeah. Yo, bub. This ain't shit. Nah, neither. Fucking arm and hammer. Just been firing bacon soda. I had some questions about that scene. Like, there would there be a guy guarding fake drugs like that? It seems. Uh, it seems like I mean, selling yeah. baking soda would be something that you know. It didn't see. It doesn't seem like it would be a big operation like that. That seems like you'd get it from some other dumb junkie that screwed you over or whatever. Also, prob. I mean, I don't fucking know. Again, I don't know if this is realistic or not, but like, mm-hmm. probably word would spread pretty quick if these guys were just selling baking soda yeah you know what i mean like well i had a i had a theory about this um that this is the day of the intramural projects basketball game so my assumption is that um all of the west and east baltimore dealers are out watching the game and so you have these like oh. small like ticky tack crews yeah showing up and taking random corners i mean th- their corner is essentially an alleyway off brand yeah. neighbors i think that's definitely right because stringer would not put up with his people selling totally soda. Like, no. he would he would be so mad about yeah exactly and <clears throat> you know and i think that's also one of the reasons that like bubbles is um 
feels a little bit more comfortable, you know, pulling mm. this caper off um, because he's like, yeah, these guys are off brand and I'm not, you know, they're, they're a small crew. I'm not worried about it. So I, uh, my, that's my assumption is that like at this point, it's kind of take what you can get. And Bubbles is like, I'm going to do a caper to take it all. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it ends up being fucking baking soda, which um, I mean, this is again, I'm relating this to my own personal experience, but like there is nothing worse than thinking you're going to get high and waiting to get high and not getting high. It's like it, it's the closest I've ever gotten to being like, should I murder someone? And it's always <laughs> over like twenty dollars, too. Mm -hmm. It's like like I still think to this very day about this guy who sold me a fake gram of cocaine <laughs> and and I'm like. Oh my God! If I ever see that motherfucker, I'm gonna kill him. I won't, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I I'm still mad about it. Like I look at my life as I'm down twenty, I'm down twenty dollars. That's um, right. You never. Get I should that have back. known. I should have known that it was fake. But um, anyways, uh, and you see in Bubbles' face that he is uh very sad about this because not only is he not high, but the high was also supposed to uh, was also supposed to help with him uh with the guilt of getting those other fiends uh mm -hmm. baseball batted <laughs> so mm -hmm. so he's feeling pretty bad but his blood his... streams are all uh they're all they're all soapy tasting and and alkaline now so yeah you know. but it's really embarrassing if you're like a, a new like a freshman fiend yeah and you you shoot it, you pretend like you're all high, and everyone's like, that was baking soda, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone just laughs at you. Ah, uh, that was oregano, idiot. <laughs> Here's the real heroin. Um, yeah, so Bubbles is also thinking about that interaction with Waylon and decides he's going to go over to his sister's place, I assume, mm -hmm. um, and uh, basically tells her, I'm thinking of getting clean, and they have this... Uh, Lovely little interaction. No. I didn't, I didn't ask for nothing. Oh, so Tasha, you got too pretty, girl. Go inside, Tosh. Thinking, um, thinking about getting clean again. I was thinking, you know, I ain't got no other place to go. Maybe that ain't right, right? Sorry. I'm sorry. Wait. Back door only. There's an old sofa in the basement and I'll throw you down some blankets. You try to come up those stairs and I'm gonna call the police on you. I swear I will. Man, classic yeah. good writing of just like a lived in scene. They're not like, remember last time you said mm -hmm. you would get like just like mm -hmm. you could tell she doesn't think she should be doing this, but she's going to she can't help herself. Like, man, what that's great writing. I think, and that's a perfect way of putting it, a lived-in scene, a scene where the exposition isn't this overbearing, like, the last time you were here, you stole my, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just like, I mean, she opens the door and says, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so perfect. Just so much information is communicated in that one part. And, uh, but she lets him stay. And then uh, the last we see of Bubbles is he is uh, pacing and detoxing in the basement and just plucking his mustache, mustache hairs out one by one, which, um, you know, that can only, that can only help for so long. <laughs> yeah. 
but and like uh, damn get a book or something dude like honestly yeah i was thinking that too i was like uh could you throw down a grisham maybe (laughs) hey sister throw down the pelican brief i need something to do while i detox um so yeah next let us finally talk about the game uh yeah so this is play the game this uh we start off with uh first we see ronnie mo uh or we hear ronnie mo uh, on the wire with we bay and there's going to be some money exchange that happens and uh the detail is kind of running fucking on all cylinders right now i mean we got carve and herc actually doing their job um you know this is after like what eight episodes of every time that they go out to take pictures, um, they're just complaining about having to do it. Uh, yeah. They're finally kind of getting into it. And then he says like "fuck the wire," and McNulty gets all mad. He's like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. too easy. It's like, well, you've done that a million times. Yeah, already. it's like, like usually you mean it, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and one of the ways that they decide like, okay, well, let's make the best of the situation where we're kind of these like playing a bit part in this entire operation. Um, let's, uh, let's do a crank phone call. And, uh, (laughs) I have a a clip of that. Hello, you make order? You make order. Good yakimi. What? Oh, no delivery. You make order, you come get. Good yakimi. Good nuda. Extra ketchup. Fuck was that? That was my Korean counterman. Sounded Chinese. Like you can fucking tell the difference. You know what's fucked yeah. up? I was like, I thought it sounded Chinese too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, he's clearly doing Chinese. <laughs> also, just for Carver to do like this racist ass character and then be like, you're so racist against Asian people. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's a peak Herc thing to do is to, uh, yeah, is to be like, man, that's fucked up. That could never be me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they're doing racist accents. They're, uh, they're getting D on the phone, making sure that they, uh, they can tell which phone uh, they are using and all that stuff. So they end up putting a wire on that new phone. Um, <clears throat> and so the whole detail is scouting in the pit for uh, for a nice little jackup. And they uh, they find Weebay limping to the towers with his money. And then uh, Carve and Herc jack him up. They find a bag of money. Weebay pretends it's not his and they have no charge. So they had to let him go, but they do take the money. Um, and this is uh, this is going to be an interesting little storyline between Carve and Herc because mm-hmm. next we see them talking about. Well, Herc is asking how much how much do you tip at a restaurant, and Carve is like fifteen percent, and and then Herc is like, well, some people tip twenty percent, um, <laughs> and it's clear that what he wants to do is like steal a little little bit of the money. And Carve mentions like, hey, you know, they know how much money there is because of what was said on the wire. Like they have an exact amount and they end up not doing it. But I thought like, OK, occasionally this show gets um, criticized by um, online leftists as being copaganda, uh, which is something that I think we've talked about on the show a few times and kind of go like, I don't see it as copaganda. This is a small bit tiny tiny just a little bit copaganda and they don't actually steal the money that's kind of (laughs) yeah but the reason they don't steal it is because they know there's too high a risk of getting caught 
Yeah, it's not out of principles. No. No, no, of course it's not out of principles, but there is part of me that is like uh, the fact that, because then what ends up happening is they bring in the money and there's less of it. And then Daniels finds out. Right. I think that's the copaganda. Yeah, exactly. Daniels isn't like, you you do this without cutting me in, I'll fucking nail you. Yeah, not in my unit. (laughs) Stop doing it in my unit. Yeah, that to me, Daniels. (laughs) character is a little bit propaganda ish um He's, yeah yeah I, I i feel like you can maybe I, I can justify it a little bit in that like well daniels obviously has some dirt on him from before that they keep alluding to yeah. so maybe he's like i can't get in trouble like that anymore um but also part of me is like yeah i think he would i don't know yeah, he he's, does yeah. he's I mean, he's a character that's more about possibility than reality. I think you know. It seems like the entire police department, from what I can glean from the news, is either doing bad shit or looking the other way. Well, exactly, bad shit. Yeah, I don't know that there's a lot of Boy Scouts in the police like this. Right. Yeah, and um, it's it's a little Boy Scoutish, and it also the idea that Carve and Herc would be. I don't know, uh, forward thinking enough to be like, uh huh, no, if we steal it, we could get in trouble. I'm like, hmm, I don't see it. I feel like most cops would just steal it. And, you know, later they do um, uh, actually steal some money, but uh, when it's not oh, recorded yeah. on the wire. But that is like, it's like a Curb Your Enthusiasm story. Where it's like <laughs> yes. They talk yeah. about stealing it, then they don't, and then they lose it. Yeah. It reminds me actually of, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, of the Sopranos when uh, Tony and Adriana are like clearly going to go get some cocaine and then fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get into the car accident and everyone thinks they fucked. And, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I similar. might as well have fucked her. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of that where it's like, well, you know, you it's know, like, no, no good deed goes unpunished. No good and you're like, well, it wasn't unpunished. a good deed, really. <laughs> yeah, no, it was literally just not doing something illegal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before all that, um, Carve and Herc are looking around at the projects and notice that everybody is gone. Nobody is at their job. Nobody's working. What happened? And that's when we get to the annual West Side versus East Side basketball game. Um, so to get into this, um, Avon is coaching the West Side, Prop Joe uh is coaching the east side i love that they're coaching like they're yes. running like three cone drills all year and like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, they're scouting they literally <laughs> like the cold open is them scouting a prospect for this one game them and scouting l- this 37 year old college <laughs> yeah. 37 year old guy who like plays in italy <laughs> they're like all right fuck yeah let's do this um and yeah it is like I, there's something i don't know what it is there's like the wire is really good at taking two people who are natural enemies and putting them in situations where they have to coexist in almost like a neighborly way. Yeah. And you go, Oh, I want more of that. Um, so you see like Avon and prop Joe just talking trash. <laughs> and uh, I have a clip of that. Hey, yo, what's up playboy? How come you wearing that suit? B? For real? It's 85 fucking degrees out here. And you trying to be like Pat Riley, man. Look the part, be the part motherfucker. Nigga, please. You walking around with a fake fucking clipboard. You can't even read a playbook. Be for real. <laughs> Bunch of bitches. <laughs> 
fake clipboard is very good. Oh, yeah, just the idea that he has a clipboard and you just look on it and he drew a stick figure with titties on it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. He just writes win on it and holds it up to yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> Just writes win. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, it's cute kind of like watching them working together and then also watching like Bodie and Poot and Herc and Carve all kind of hanging out. And then you realize that this is also the first time that the detail has ever had a visual on Avon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He is, uh, the only like picture they have of him is this old boxing picture. And it's the two guys who have paid the least attention the whole time. Yes. (laughs) Who are supposed to figure out who it is. It's the two people who pay the least amount of attention. And it's also at one point, Daniels, um, gets a call from, uh, Herc and, uh, Daniels is like, do you have a visual on him? And Herc is just like, I don't, I don't even know what to look for. I have no idea like who it could be. And it's like, well, I would at least guess it. Maybe it's the guy in the suit. Like I'd be wrong. Yeah. But if he was like, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe the guy coaching one of the teams guys. But the idea that, like, Herc has seen the picture. He's seen it before. But for him, he's like, nah, can't really yeah. tell the difference between people. <laughs> yeah, that's a real moment. That's true. <laughs> because right after that, uh, Sidner shows up and immediately spots yep. Avon. He's just like, yeah, he's that one. He's the guy who <laughs> looks like that that picture we've all been staring at on the, you know, on the board for months. Also, uh, like... 30% chance they could have just asked the kids which one of these guys is Avon and they would have been like, it's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then they wouldn't be good police because good police <laughs> uh, pretend like they already know everything and mm. do not ask questions. That is uh, that is what they teach you in good police school. <laughs> um, so they finally see him and uh, they, you know, Daniels is like driving over and he's like, oh, I got, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fucking set my eyes on him for the first time. And Daniels and McNulty are having a lot of, um, I don't know, there's a lot of tension between them at, at this point uh, in the series. And uh, Daniels is explaining why he wants to go follow Avon. And I have a, a clip. We should follow him. Why? You ain't gonna touch drugs or money anywhere you can see him, Lieutenant. In narcotics, we follow guys. We do it well. We make cases on it. Mount up. Yeah, but it never works. <laughs> I feel a- like they both have kind of a case here. I think mm. McNulty's right in that, like, he's like, this guy's smart. He's like our Moriarty. Yeah. He's the first guy equal to us. And Daniels is like, we follow these guys all the time and they fuck up all the time. Right. I think right. that's what he thinks. Well, so he's also, still underestimating. Yeah. I also think there's an element of like, okay, yeah, maybe we're not going to make the case on this, but like, I don't know. We've been having a wire up on this yeah. guy for fucking months. I might, maybe I just want to go get a look at him. Is that all right? right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you're kind of spoiling the fun, man. Don't yeah. you want to go see this guy? Totally. Exactly. totally. Uh, Prez Belusky says the exact thing. He's like, you don't even want to see this guy. You've been on this guy three months. Don't you want to get a look at him? No Avon Barksdale if I fell over him in the street. Thing is, I don't need to. We get him by voice alone and we don't get him. And McNulty being kind of the, I don't know, arrogant piece of shit that he is, is just like, I don't need to see him. I mean, he's reacting it, completely I as, see him like with a, the wire. as a hurt little boy. Like, he's he's justifying it like it's some police tactical decision, but really he's yeah. just like, this was it. Yeah. I didn't I didn't discover this, so I don't want to acknowledge That's any, 100% else. it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's he didn't discover it. 
And he was just like, well, I don't, I don't want to fucking, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you guys want to do that, sure. I'll be here doing it's, good uh, work. I don't know if you guys have been in a writer's room, but like every time you like <laughs> drop a hot joke that makes the whole room laugh and the showrunner's like, well, yeah, but it wouldn't work because of this reason or whatever. <laughs> like that's what you being know, a comedy writer yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, thanks. Yeah, cool. I've only been in digital writers' rooms, so uh, those are uh, much worse. Those are like, well, um, well, we've decided to cancel the show. Um, but uh, that's just yes. the algorithm screaming more content now. Yeah. <laughs> do more content. Do more joke. You Pel- need to do fall out of the ceiling. Do a video where you're eating food. <laughs> people love to watch people eat. I love the the algorithm, dude. That's a good boss. Um, all right, so it's halftime. Avon and the West Side, they're up 12. And Prop Joe, he famously has a proposition because that's his catchphrase. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he asked Avon to double down. Avon agrees. And then Prop Joe has his own ringer, who is basically just like a and one mixtape fella, which, I mean, here's like, I don't know if you guys... Uh, enjoy watching uh and one mixtapes um but uh i always feel like those are fun to watch but they usually those guys don't win the game yeah, it doesn't translate into good <laughs> basketball it's more yeah. just like really you're just burning a lot of clock yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly burning a lot of clock and a lot of turnovers yeah. a lot of turnovers um sometimes it's, it's like cool. wow did you see all the cool ball handling tricks that guy did on the way to a terrible fadeaway uh three-pointer that he clanked <laughs> that he off missed. the side of the rim yeah <laughs> It looked uh, cool though. Also, though, Avon is a little bit too much hubris here. Of like, we have twelve points, an insurmountable. Yeah, lead. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. He does. He acts like the twelve point lead is forever. It is very <laughs> funny. And also, um, Avon, we know you can play. We've seen yeah. you play basketball. Get in Be there. in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just shows that he's like such a. He's too too much of a boss that he's like. I just can't get fucking packed in front of all these people. <laughs> but still, I think he should have played. Um, anyways, um, they lose. The East side uh, actually wins the game. And then Avon yells at a ref for not calling a foul, which, um, I mean, we can all relate to that. Um, That's and, a good little uh, moment in there, I thought. Oh, I, I love it. I have a, a clip. How you going to not call that? Look, if you want, I can put time back on the clock, replay it. You talking about a do-over, baby? Are you talking about a fucking do-over? That's not how the game is played. You can't do that. Fuck, believe this shit, nigga. Talking about doing it again. Look, I don't want any trouble, okay? Just... Ain't gonna be no trouble over no ball. Man, you're supposed to be the ref, right? Don't you stand up for your fucking self, you <laughs> pussy. You can't just let any old motherfucking nigga get in your face. Turn around and walk the fuck away. Ignorant motherfucker. <laughs> we cool? Yeah, we cool, baby. You tell your people to come on up here to the park Saturday at noon. Of course, you come on the west side again, baby. Without a ball, I'm gonna light your ass up. Hell yeah. That's pure I mean, Avon. That, that's not how the game is played, is Avon's whole fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yes. it's also, he's just like every overbearing dad in that moment where it's like you, you've spent your entire life making people deathly afraid of you. Uh, but all you really want out of them is for them to stand up to you. So you're like constantly living in this dissonance of they don't have the skills to stand up for themselves the way you want them to. So you just <laughs> belittle and uh, like yell at them more and make them more scared of you. I think he just wanted to hurt this guy's feelings. He was just mad. <laughs> he was, he was, 
he was mad he lost the game, and he also was like, you know, now that I'm done coaching this team, I'm going to coach this ref on how to be a tough guy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, it's the- like he wanted the ref to be a ref in that moment. Like He wanted to be yell at him like he would at a game, but yeah. it's like he's paying that guy. That guy's job is partly like the, – the reason that guy's there is he knows who Avon is, and so thus he's like afraid of him because he has yeah. – like because he could murder that guy. And, yeah. Uh, but he, that, I think he's mad when he's like, do you want to do over? Because he's like, I just want to be able to yell at you because you fucked yeah. me over and right. now you're doing this shit. Yeah. I kind of wanted weird. you to kick me out of the game. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying I to wanna... save my dignity because I just lost. Like, Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah, he's like yelling at the guy to like not be afraid of him, essentially, when that's like an impossibility. <laughs> It's like dad. it's yeah. like playing doubles golf with like Kim Jong Un. Like you <laughs> want to let him win, but you also want to like make it a game. You know, it's like at the end of the day, you it is like you got to let him win or y- you will die. Like you can't actually yell at Avon, <laughs> but you can do it in a way where both people continue LARPing as like not a serial murderer who runs the biggest drug dealing empire in West Baltimore. Um, but yeah, so uh, I also really love uh, that, you know, the bet was like, he's going to give him a hundred thousand dollars and they throw a party for the East side um, on their, on their turf. Uh. And he says like, um, yo, but you know, you come on the West side without a ball, I'm gonna light your ass up. And I just like picturing prop Joe, Showing up to the west side. I brought, a ball. I brought a ball. Yeah, I want to see the party. Yeah, yeah, I want to see too. like Weebay has to wear like a, a bow tie and serve drinks at it and stuff. Like, it's just so they embarrassing. They have to wear shirts that say East Side Rules, West Side Rules. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is so embarrassing. You're lucky that this is a party or else I would murder everyone here. Um, yeah. So then Daniel's. Uh, follows Avon um, but loses him. Avon quickly realizes that people are following him and the first glimpse we catch or Daniel's catch is of Avon um, he's doing the Dikembe Mutombo yeah. finger wag which is, <laughs> is that I, I mean that my guess is that's what he was doing but I don't know. Was that his way of saying rejected? I what is so. Or right? just like I know you I'm on to you or whatever. Yeah. It just no felt more like, following me, Mister. This whole sequence I thought was outside of the finger wag was a real waste of everyone's time. Oh yeah, yeah. It takes bit. way too long, yeah. and I'm just like, what is the point of it? Like, he could have just done this right away to them. Surveying. Yeah, that's true. Because it's not like they can pull him over. Like it was just, it was like his way of saying, like, hey, now I'm going on the other way. <laughs> you know, it's just like before you were following me, and now I've passed. You're you. gonna have it to turn made- around. Yeah, you're going to have to uh, do a Yui. <laughs> Good luck with that. Your car's got a shitty turning radius. I don't know why he's Italian in this. Um, but, uh, yeah, so does a finger wag. Um, meanwhile, um, the sub storyline here is that uh, Omar is hiding out and waiting for his moment to uh, to, to pop out and uh, to get Avon. He goes over to Prop Joe and deli- delivers a bunch of drugs that he's been stealing. I think this is the first time we uh, see uh, Omar do the thing where he just shows up at a <laughs> yes. drug dealing site and they just give him the drugs. Um, and the more I watch it, the more I'm like, this feels unrealistic, but it's so cool that I don't care. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I think that's Omar's whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like one guy and you guys like, certainly you have 
a couple guns at various angles, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, uh, Omar shows up and he just wants a beeper code for, um, he wants a beeper code for Avon to quote unquote parlay, but obviously that is not what he wants. Um, instead, what he uses it for is to trick Avon into thinking that WeeBay is uh, paging him. So Avon is over at Orlando's counting money, ordering a cheesesteak. And Omar is uh, outside staking it out. He pages him nine one one. He's cheese staking it out. He's cheese staking it out. <laughs> That's right. That yeah. should be the name of this episode. <laughs> the cheese stakeout. Yeah, the cheese uh, stakeout stands alone. Um, <laughs> and uh, then, as Avon is outside making his phone call, uh, WeeBay ruins the whole thing by um, yelling about cheese fries. Which no one asked for, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no one no one asked for cheese fries. Yeah, but who's but, turning down cheese fries? Yeah. Yeah, no one would turn down cheese fries. Never. But also guardian angel shit when you like cheese fries saves your life. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a clip of that. Hey. They had cheese fries, baby. I got you some. <laughs> I really, I love that cheese fries are the things that saved this life. Um, this is something I realized about this scene is Omar's maybe most badass line is you come at the king, you best not miss. You just did exactly that, man. Like, yeah, you can't really true. go around saying that when he, that's your... He immediately came at the king and missed like an episode after. That's a good point. <laughs> kind of fucked up his whole game. And he got shot too. I mean, so he, get, he chose he the wrong the tool show. for the job. Like he came... He came. He brought a pistol to like a long range uh, assassination attempt situation. And it's like that's not. It does make me wonder. Like, y'all know about sniper rifles, though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a sniper rifle would have been perfect. I mean, not that you can just easily get a sniper rifle, but I feel like I don't know if anyone knows how to get it. Omar knows. Yeah, you think if he can get a sawed off shotgun, he could get I mean, a long gun. He also could have just waited right next to the door instead of like half a block away. That's yeah. true too. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it seems like it was good planning and bad planning at the same time, but it didn't work out. And, uh, you know, the uh, the cheese fries saved his life. Here's uh, my read on it is mm -hmm. that Omar is feeling a little cocky after just getting the drugs handed over to him. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah. no matter what, I'm going to be able to kill this. Oh, guy. yeah. He's doing he's showing up and, and like having his back to the, the stash house. Like mm -hmm. he's <laughs> obviously a little a little cocky. Yeah, no, he's definitely cocky. I mean, he's he's been, you know, he just killed Stinkum, uh, and he, yeah, he just robbed the fucking the pit, and then he was able to take the drugs he robbed and uh, sell sell it for information on where to kill the next guy he's gonna kill. So he <laughs> is feeling a bit overconfident, which uh, catches up to him in in this episode, and uh, that's the end of this storyline. And the end of the episode. Um, let's do a, a favorite and least favorite or anything that we missed. Vince, do you have a favorite, least favorite, or something we missed? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I, we we talked about it. I really liked. Uh, I really like when Carve and Herc and uh, are hanging out with Bodie and Poot, and they're just they're just broing yeah. down. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. And then uh, least favorite. Um, Probably the baking soda, just because I didn't quite uh, understand why that would be baking soda. I, you you explained it fairly well, but in the in the moment, I, it didn't work for me. But okay. yeah, 
uh, Colin, do you have okay. uh, anything? I was thinking about that. One small thing that I just wanted to point out is uh, when Herc's on the roof and he's like, who brings all these pebbles up on the roof? <laughs> how you figure all these little pebbles get up on top of the roof? <laughs> Fucking, how do those pebbles get up there? That is super apt. I have no idea how pebbles get on roofs. That's uh, a good point. I, I remember you're 100% right because I, I laughed at that line thing. What an idiot. And then <laughs> now that you mention it, I don't know. I think it's supposed to be dumb, but I don't know how a bunch of pebbles get up on no, roofs. Of I assume they bring them up in buckets. Um, I don't know. Or why do you put the pebbles on the yeah. roof in the first place? I don't know. I assume they I mix guess. with the asphalt somehow, but and the, do they put it in and like, they just the get machine loose? or something? I don't Yeah. That's 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 my assumption, but I'm well, not a roofer, so don't. <laughs> I don't know enough about roofs to understand why, but I do know that that's a dumb question. And as soon yeah. as I find out the answer, I'm gonna pretend like I knew it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm gonna do. Um, yeah, I think just one thing that I realized we missed. Um, there's a brief little Wallace update in which Wallace is, um, you know, he is getting money from D, and he's using it to buy drugs, and and Poot uh, finds him, uh, like spots him buying some drugs, and realizes that there's some problems. Um, but my favorite scene in this um, is one we haven't mentioned yet, and it's the one in which Herc and Carve and later McNulty are listening to Poot having phone sex on a payphone. <laughs> There's something about having phone sex on a payphone that is like, it's really about the love of the, it's not even about your own sexual pleasure. Because the only reason to have phone sex, in my opinion, is that you're masturbating to a girl to uh, you and a girl are like uh are masturbating isn't that mm -hmm. am i, I crazy so. i mean maybe he's just building the tension for later i mean i love that i love that he's doing it just to build the tension like he's, he's like not... staying he's like into tantric yeah, yeah. Like... just edging uh, in public is this where we establish poot as horny oh <laughs> like, he's he's, he's been, been horny. horny this whole time but like this was for me i was like this is an important moment in establishing <laughs> his horniness because this is a horniness level that i think is i mean first of all it's a payphone disgusting yeah i mean i mean gross and second of all it's like he's out in public talking about wanting to make her look like a glazed donut <laughs> which is like i don't know i i would feel weird like i don't i feel weird like kissing my wife if i'm in the back of an uber yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. well that's gross because like, she's your wife well right uh, that's mostly the Wait reason till you get home dude you got all night exactly um so yeah and uh yeah i i actually have a, a clip of that phone sex pretty bitch yeah, great start there's no way I'm transcribing this stuff. He's so horny. And he's, he's so horny. Ready, he bitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ready, bitch? That's how he starts off. And that how she like she just answered the phone and he said, yeah. ready? <laughs> Hello? Ready, bitch. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, and do you guys know the rapper Kevin Gates? Are you familiar? No. I feel so, like I just saw that name. Somewhere. Yeah, so Kevin Gates, I just uh, was introduced to him recently on the internet because uh, a series of interviews with him came out in which he just openly is horny. He's like the <laughs> horniest man in the world. And he's like, I realize he and Poot have this like, 
this thing where I'm like, oh, they're they're my sexual id in this way that I just I relate to them so well. And I have a, a clip of Kevin Gates uh, that just reminds me of Poot. My dick don't even get hard unless I eat a woman ass, then eat her pussy. Ooh. That's just me though. I ain't talking about that swipe, swipe the credit card shit. I'm talking about I want to stick my whole tongue in this bitch ass. I want to suck her ass, hold my mouth, stick my whole tongue, and then I twirl the bitch. <laughs> I just like. I don't, I know, I need to listen to this guy's music because this guy, I understand him on a, on a deep, deep level. And, um, I, I feel the same way. I feel this. I can't even get hard unless I eat a woman's ass and eat her pussy. <laughs> you know what I mean, Colin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. I'm all about female pleasure. All about female pleasure. Exactly. <laughs> Just like Poot. Yeah. Just like Poot. I said, you ready, bitch? You ready, pleasure? bitch? <laughs> Then I twirl the bitch. Then I twirl the bitch. Um, yeah. So if I had to give this episode a letter grade, um, I think, you know what? I think it's a, it's a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Ooh, tough choice. But yeah, I'm going to have to give it a solid B plus. Solid B plus. All right. Uh, Colin, what would you give this episode? Hmm. I mean, this is like a seminal episode for more than one reason mm -hmm. uh, of the greatest American <laughs> television show, I think. We established, like, Bugs getting clean. We established Wallace's problem. Mm -hmm. A lot of big stuff happens. Uh, so I got to go B+. Plus. B+. Plus. Mm -hmm. All right. Smart. We're giving it a solid B-plus episode of The Wire and a solid A-plus episode of Pod Yourself, The Wire. Colin Crawford, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I uh, would I would have just talked about the wire for fun, so this is cool. Yeah, well, I'm glad you you did. Good for thing money. you did. Yeah, for a massive paycheck. <laughs> for instead. my giant paycheck. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll Venmo you your comically um, oversized novelty check. That you I have yes. a proposition for you. <laughs> yeah, I got a proposition for you. Uh, would you do this for free? Can you pay uh, me for this big IRD? <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people find you on uh, the internet? Honestly, I'm at Hello Cullen, but don't I have enough followers. It's getting annoying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want any more followers. And then you can listen to uh, Football Friends Who Are Gambling, which is my football gambling podcast with my friend Joe McAdam. It's a great name. And it's just us being dickheads. It's yeah, it's the like most cumbersome name we could think of. I love it, though. Um, yeah. And yeah, those, it'll end when we run out of money, which could be any week now. <laughs> oh, shit. I hope you don't <laughs> run out of money. <laughs> I had a good week, actually, so we're back to where we started. Fuck basically. yeah. Hell yeah. So check out his podcast. Don't follow him on Twitter unless you absolutely have to. Colin Crawford, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank Come you back for soon. Having. Hell yeah. Um, Patreon.com slash Frogcast. The $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince. We don't huh. have any. We don't have any new ones this week. Oh man, I was gonna give isn't out that, so many nicknames. Isn't that so? Uh, Dingleberry, like, Cheech, uh, nope. Red Card. Uh, <laughs> you had them ready. Oh dang! Why is that? Who's a sight unseen? Yeah, and what's worse is that because we're banking this. Lippy. Uh, All right. Oh sorry. Because we're banking these episodes, I realized that it's like people won't hear uh, that we didn't get any this week for for weeks yeah yeah so that means we have to go on twitter and beg again mm -hmm. so well, that's what we do best that's true eight dollar tier get to that shout out go to patreon.com slash broadcast 
get the $8 tier, you get a, your own gangster name, and also you get all the bonus episodes uh, where uh, Vince and I talk about other things like movies and other TV shows that are not The Wire. Mm-hmm. So, subscribe AI now. God, we talk a lot about AI bots. That's our favorite. Um, Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not. Open up HBO Max and watch the wire. Bomber B story episode 109. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.